Our scripture that was read came from Habakkuk, the third chapter, and the 17th through the 18th verses. And it read, Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. There is something to be said about anxiety. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease that comes about typically because of an upcoming event or something with an uncertain outcome. It is always tied to something that has not yet occurred, but leaves a person with a sense of loss of control and dread fearing that the worst case scenario is about to happen. Simply put, anxiety is a feeling that something bad is about to happen. We get anxious, for example, around the first of the month when all the bills come due and we don't have the money to pay. We get anxious when we're waiting to hear from a doctor and fearing that they're sometimes taking too long to come back with those results. We, we, we get anxious when our loved ones don't come home at the time that they're expected to. And we certainly get anxious when we get pulled over by the police, especially in this climate when you are a black male. So anxiety comes into play whenever we feel like something bad is about to happen. And you don't need me to tell you that we are today, all across the world, and especially even for those in this nation, we are dealing with an intense level of anxiety. But despite how anxious we may feel, very often the outcomes are not what we expected or anticipated. And as people of faith, we know all too well that God has often intervened at just the right time in our lives, at just the right moment when we need him. There's a common saying that he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. This intervention by God is, is what we as Christians call a testimony. And it is with this testimony that we're able to make it through the various anxieties and challenges that we face in our lives, knowing that if God did it before, he can certainly do it again. So it's with this idea and this thought of anxiety in mind that I want to spend some time today talking to you about the God that intervenes when needed at just the right time. And so my title for this message is quite simply, That Same God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for now this preaching hour. 
We thank you, O God, that we've offered unto you our worship, our prayers, and our praise. We've offered unto you now, Lord, our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to a holy God. Now, Lord, our prayer right now is quite simple. Speak back to us. Turn this monologue into a dialogue. And let it be, Lord, that your people hear just what they need to hear from you. For no one came to hear my words, for I have nothing to offer. But you, Lord, you have everything to offer, and we have all to gain. So speak, Lord, and release your power, for your children are listening. This we pray in Jesus' holy name, and all over the world we say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. The book of Habakkuk is... Uh, interesting book for the most part, and I would dare say that many of you probably have not spent too much time reading this book. It's not one of those that make it into the great annals of, of preaching. But there are gems and there are things in this book that, 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 that are really appropriate for us, particularly at such a time as this. By way of a quick overview, this is about a prophet. And this prophet was preaching around a time where the people of Israel were facing insurmountable challenges not too dissimilar to what we are facing today. Sure, we don't have armies bearing down on us, but nonetheless, oppression of people come in very many ways. In the first chapter of the book of Habakkuk, the prophet asks this very pointed question. Why does God allow the wicked to go unpunished? If I am honest, and I am, I find that I ask myself the very same questions all the time, albeit in a different way. Why does God allow Wall Street thugs who steal millions and millions of dollars, see little to no jail time, yet people with petty crimes get 10 to 20 years? I don't understand that. I, I ask myself, why does God allow the murderers of unarmed black men and women to go unpunished, to get off scot-free? I, 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 I don't know. I, I find myself asking the question, why are the people who are ignoring the coronavirus and attending these political rallies without wearing their mask or social distancing not catching the coronavirus? Uh, to be clear, I'm not wishing evil upon anyone, but like the prophet Habakkuk, I too want to know why does God allow the wicked to go unpunished? And to make matters worse, why is it that it seems to me that the people who are trying to live good lives, who are trying to do the right things, who are trying to follow a value system that is consistent with the Judeo-Christian values. Why is it that those people who live their lives honorably seem to always get the short end of the stick? I want to know, God, why, does you, why do you allow the wicked to go unpunished? punished. It's a question that the prophet Habakkuk asked, and it's a question that we're asking today. Why, God, does the wicked go unpunished? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that God really does not allow the wicked to go unpunished. 
Without a doubt, there are times when it may feel that way to us. And for sure, there are times when it may appear that way. But the truth is, God really does not allow the wicked to go unpunished. It's simply just a matter of time. In fact, I'm reminded of Sodom and Gomorrah. When it seemed like God would not punish those people, but then he rained down brimstone and fire, lightning upon the wickedness of those cities, and Abraham and Lot were able to see the salvation of the Lord. I'm reminded of the Egyptians at the Red Sea. When it seemed like God would not punish those Egyptian armies, then God told the Israelites to stand still and they would see the salvation of the Lord. I'm reminded of the Amalekites when it seemed that they were winning in the battle against God's people, but then God had Aaron and Hur lift up the arms of Moses and all of the people were able to overcome the Amalekites because they saw the salvation of the Lord. And I am reminded of the city of Jericho when it seemed insurmountable to overcome. God caused the walls to come tumbling down. Yes, I'm reminded of these times when God did punish the wicked. And yes, he can do it again. Why? Because he is that same God today. As a matter of fact, Habakkuk reminds us in chapter 1 and verse 8, that God's wrath is poured out upon the waters that oppose him. And his power is described as that of a warrior with lightnings and thunder accompanying him. So God is still that same God. And my brothers and my sisters, let me be unequivocally clear. That same God is still on the throne today. And while God does allow for grace... God is just, but he will punish the wicked. God is sovereign over the universe. God is sovereign over the nations of this world. God is sovereign over any coronavirus. And yes, God is definitely sovereign over any immoral and corrupt administration. So to be clear, no matter what you may be thinking or feeling in this season of your life, God does not and God will not allow the wicked to go unpunished. But while it sure doesn't always feel that way, and while you may be anxious about what tomorrow might bring, hang in there, my brothers and my sisters, for God is coming, and he is yet on his way. As I said before, the prophet Habakkuk lets us know that God is coming, and he compares God's coming to that of a thunderstorm. The imagery that he uses is that of the whole sky lighting up with its radiance as lightning flashes from the clouds symbolizing God's power. But the really important thing to observe and why I wanted to spend some time with this analysis of this text today is that the prophet tells us something very specific that happens when the Lord comes to rescue his people. Look carefully with me again at verses 4 and 7. It says his radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand and there is the hiding of his power. So what I want you to understand right here, brothers and sisters, is that the coming power and judgment of God is hidden for a moment 
which is what we all seem to be experiencing in our lives right now. It seems like the wicked is going unpunished, but God, who's going to come like thunder and lightning, he is actually waiting in the wings. But let's continue. The text tells us before him goes pestilence and plague comes after him. He stood and surveyed the earth. He looked and startled the nations. Yes, the perpetual mountains were shattered. The ancient hills collapsed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Kushan under distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian were trembling. The text is clear. A pestilence goes before him and the plague behind him. I don't know about you, my brothers and my sisters, but this sounds a lot like an echo of what we're witnessing today. For, for, for me, for me, a, a, a spiritual scourge came over this nation in an election in 2016. And the pestilence became, and, and the pestilence behind it came a scourge that we now know in 2019 as COVID-19. But right before the scourge leaves us in 2021, so too will COVID-19 soon thereafter. Yes, I can hear you all right now saying, Pastor, Pastor, that's a misappropriation of scripture and that Habakkuk was not talking about the United States and what we are experiencing today across the world with this coronavirus. And my brothers, sisters, you would be correct. But let me ask you this. Is there anything new under the sun? Is God not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do you not think that the evil that the Israelites faced back then is not the same evil that we are facing today? We're, we're, we're African Americans not under slavery by an oppressive regime, just like the Hebrews were under Pharaoh. Are, are, are people not being oppressed by the coronavirus pestilence and plagues today much in the same way they did in biblical times? Can the devil change his methods any more than Donald Trump? can show empathy? I'm raising these questions to show you that the Bible is our guidebook for Christian living in an age when it seems that the wicked among us are going unpunished, but also to show you that that same God has not changed his methods. His ways are not our ways, neither are his thoughts our thoughts. He knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, and that same God is still on the throne. Yes, Habakkuk wrote to a different generation, but he was prophesying to them and he was encouraging them about that same God that I'm prophesying to you about today. That same God, my brothers and sisters, is coming. That same God, he is sitting in the wings. That same God, he stands like a great man on the earth and he surveys and he measures the scene of all that is happening to his children, you and me. That same God looks and he makes the nations jump and the effect of his 
power is seen in the crumbling mountains and the sinking hills. The tents or the homes of Kushan and Midian, they will tremble at Yahweh's coming. That same God sees the wickedness of this administration and how its ineptitude has cost the lives of over 230,000 people. I'm telling you like it is. That same God sees the 545 children who were ripped away from their parents by a government that has no idea where the parents are or even how to unite them. That same God sees how we have squandered the earth's natural resources, causing the entire creation to groan in agony, awaiting the consummation of all things. That same God sees the racially motivated injustices of a system that has an incarceration rate of 38% for a people that only occupy 13% of this population. That same God sees the so-called white evangelical Christians caring more about the unborn than they do for the already born by supporting policies that perpetuate the oppression of the poor and marginalized in our society. That same God sees the killing of unarmed black people like Trayvon, Sandra, George, and Brianna. And it's actually sad that we know their stories just from their first names. That same God sees Crips and Bloods and MS-13 and all of these who foster violence within our communities, killing and victimizing our own people. That same God sees all of this. And that same God is coming to defeat the oppressive enemies of his people. That same God, Habakkuk tells us, is like a warrior that bears his bow. Habakkuk saw that that same God was angry with the nations, specifically the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And in the very same way, let me tell you, church, that same God is angry with the United States, Russia, China, and yes, even Nigeria. That same God sees all the evil in this world. And I'm telling you, the time is coming when that same God will be silent no more. So my brothers and my sisters, oh yes, while our enemies devise their wicked and evil intentions in the halls of Congress, the Supreme Court, the White House, the Kremlin, and even the United Nations in their secret chambers, plotting and scheming to control population and, and to protect the wealthy at the expense of the widows and the orphans, that same God is gonna strike them with his fatal blow. You don't have to take my word for it. You just need to read Psalms number two. You just need to read the second Psalm. And if you've never read it, indulge me as I here read to you now these words. Why, the psalmist asks, do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth, all of these leaders of the earth, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying to themselves, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. 
Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Speak, Lord. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. You see, that day, that day of Jesus Christ is that dreadful day for all those who has rejected him. But the text continues. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice and trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Not my words, church. These are the words of the Lord that have stood the test of thousand and thousand of years. So I'm telling you right now, get yourself right. Check yourself before you wreck yourself because I've come to tell you and to put you on notice. The wicked will not go unpunished. It might not be when we want it. It might not feel like they're gonna get away, but trust me, God is not asleep and God is coming and he is on his way. So despite all this dread and frightful talk that serves to stir our anxieties, Habakkuk's fear is changed to faith. And he says that he was frightened when he heard about the works of God. And he knows that the time of God's victory over the enemy might be long in coming. But he says, I will wait. I will wait for the day of distress to come upon the people that are attacking and distressing us. And so the point of this message, as I read to you the text one more time, this is what I want you to understand as you listen to Habakkuk's words. He says, though the fig tree should not blossom and there be no fruit on the vines, Though the yield of the olive shall fail and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls. Translation, though the economy may be slowed down, though you may not have a job right now and things aren't working the way that you would like them to, maybe right now, what was once normal is no longer normal. Maybe you have no idea how your children are going to be able to get educated during this pandemic season. Maybe, just maybe, things seem to be falling apart all around your world. Habakkuk says to us, Yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. While he waits, and while we all wait for the ultimate victory, Habakkuk says he will rejoice and exult in the Lord even though there may not be any visible or external signs of the presence of God's favor in his life. In other words, we, you and I, 
should exalt in the God of our salvation because he is that same God and he always delivers. Yes, COVID-19 is frightening and we have lost loved ones. Yes, we're suffering through an evil and a corrupt administration and I'm not mincing my words. Yes, it seems as if God is allowing the wicked to go unpunished. But fear not, my friends, because Jesus has overcome this world. And I have told you these things so that in him you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus overcame the world when he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And the best part is, my brothers and my sisters, the best part is, he is coming soon, and he is on his way. So regardless of the circumstances, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto that same God. And the peace of that same God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your minds through Christ Jesus. This is my message, church, to you today. Have no fear. For just as God delivered Israel in the time of the prophet Habakkuk, he will do the same to deliver you in this day. And I know this to be true because he is that same God. And that same God cares for you. Though he may tarry, wait for it. For it is just a little time. But that same God will see you through. May the Lord richly Richly bless you, my beloved.